0: Hello everyone, Amelia Taylor-Hockberg, Archonnex Editorial Manager here. As you may have already heard, we've been releasing the live interviews we recorded during our Next Up event series held at Jai & Jai Gallery in Los Angeles and at the Chicago Architecture Biennial as Archonnex Sessions Mini Sessions. We've got more Next Up Mini Sessions interviews for you now, but due to a technical error in Chicago, they weren't recorded live. To catch up on previous interviews, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes. All right, enjoy this Next Up interview.
1: I was hoping that you guys could introduce Police to people who aren't aware of it, your project for the Chicago Biennial, and possibly start by talking about the connection that you guys found between the city of Santiago and the city of Chicago.
2: Okay, the project is called Esquelaopolis, and actually when we were invited to the Chicago Architecture Biennial, we began to think about the connections of chile and santiago chicago Mm -hmm. and also we figured out that some of the places that we have been working that 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 we the places we've made some of our projects were actually very connected to the history of chile the last 50 years so then we realized that one of the most important uh, things that happened here in Chile in the last 50 years was the the put-on practice of an economic plan made by the Chicago boys. That was this, this group of young economists who went in the 50s and 60s to study at the University of Chicago with uh, Milton Friedman and Arnold Harberger about these ideas of free market, that now is called neoliberalism, the neoliberalism economic system, that here in Chile, during the dictatorship of Augusto Pinochet, they actually implemented this economic plan. And the the interesting thing in this is that this was something that happened. It was not only a, a will of the militaries. Or it's not only that, they, that the United States also were part of this. It was also the, the Chilean society, the Chilean society that, that actually a lot of people were part of this. And Chile was the, like the first place in the world that this economic system was implemented. And, and also because it was in a dictatorship, was very brutal. And all of this economic system obviously affected the constitution of the country that was implemented in the 1980, made by the militaries, that is still the constitution we have today. And also this affected the urban policies of the city that were also made in the 80s, that also was made during the dictatorship. So the thing is that all these ideas of free market, which in some sites you can see that they are they are not bad ideas. I mean you can be, you can say that that is like an evil plan behind them. But the the thing is that they were applied so brutally here in Chile that you began to see how the, the city began to grow very rapidly, and also you began to see that the the economic powers, the market, the economic uh, powers, they they began to shape the city as they wanted, and there was not regulation at all. So. What happened was that obviously the, the poor people, they began to live in the peripheries of the city. The social housing also, it becomes like a, another yeah, business. More than that. And a, more, a, lo- a lot of more things that you can see also that the, the privatization of all, all the national companies.
0: And what's been happening in Chile, in Santiago, especially about the educational system, it's also some sort of son of these ideas that were applied during, I mean, that are still being applied. So that's a little bit of like a summary of what we were looking at when we were invited.
2: So the the thing is that we began to think that, well, there is this connection between Chicago and Santiago because of this, but that's not the end of the story. I mean, Chile was an example for other countries and Milton Friedman ideas, they were very important uh, that those ideas were very influential in the um, I don't know if, if that word actually is correct uh, but um, the ideas of Milton Friedman spread all over the world and also in the States during Ronald Reagan's government the ideas were applied and also in the UK with Margaret Thatcher and in Argentina also during date dictatorship and so on so the the ideas of free market and the urban consequences of those ideas of free markets are all over the world. So the idea of a Speculopolis was to show some examples of Santiago, of uh, territories of Santiago, of buildings in Santiago. They actually that, that, that are those places that can tell this history and also are those places that, uh, that kinda, you can actually see it in other places in the world. I mean, what happened here is also something that that happened all over the world. I mean, the the socialist utopia that was, I mean, I don't know if it's like an utopia, it actually happened, but Mm -hmm. the socialist uh, ideas that were applied here in Chile before the dictatorship by Salvador Allende that now are demolished, those projects, those urban projects, it's also something that happened all over the world. I mean, the... You can see that uh, the socialism is something that that uh, it also, you know, fall apart. So you can see this contrast also in Chile that it was first at the end of the sixties and at the beginning of the seventies. You have all these popular powers of socialism ideas, and then you have this socialist government. And uh, actually, the the businessmen they were actually they were worried about this. Uh, socialist ideas. So they began to, they tried to, to stop the government of Salvador Allende. So that's why they, they actually asked uh, to the United States government for some help. And that's how the story begins. That's how the dictatorship begins. And the idea of, of the Specolopolis was to present in the Chicago Architecture Biennial these urban cases, but not in like a, in an expository way. More like
0: in a conclusive way. Yeah, we we try to take the like questions more than conclusions. That's what we brought there. Like these topics that are, as Matthias said, are present all over the world and are potentially spreading all over like more and more with more power. And these examples that we took there are very like clear as cases and are easily recognizable almost in every
1: big city of the world. I was wondering, were you guys able to discern over the course of your research, kind of repeated patterns in the neoliberal city or in the implementation of neoliberalism on a city? Things that you perceived in Santiago and then found out were happening again in other cities in the world.
2: Something that was actually interesting and in when we were at, at Chicago, maybe I need to just to introduce something that the, the whole idea of Speculopolis was like this kind of uh, research, investigation or something like that, but the tools, the system that we used to make these investigations, that was also a very important part of the project. So we used like uh, three tools. The First one was an archive with an evidence board that was finished in Chicago, which was like this big board of like four by four meters, which has... All this uh, history deployed in this uh, evidence board, like we, we used the idea of like the detectives' evidence board with uh, connections between the the actors, the places, and all of that, which was like the basis of the project. Also, we created a, a newspaper called a Speculative Tribune, and we invited people from Chile and from. Other places in the world, people that we met at the biennial also. And we launched five newspapers over there in, in Chicago when we were there. Because the, the idea of Speculopolis was that the that, that the research is not finished. And it's also like right now is still, we're still working on it. And when we went to Chicago, we, we spent uh, three weeks in Chicago still working on it. And the other uh, tool we used for this uh, research was the Cases Parliament, which was like this model made all the cases that we presented, these four cases in Santiago. And we actually used those models to make some dialogues between other projects in Chicago. So when we were at Chicago, we began to, to see that you have all this... Like these uh, social housing projects that were actually demolished or are almost demolished. That were those um, those um, social housing projects that uh, were in the in the center of the city. But I don't remember the year exactly because they are some of them still exist, like uh, Cabernet Green in a park. Mm-hmm. But uh, we began to understand that also in the states, the social housing it's now uh, a business. Mm-hmm and that the, they actually demolished those uh, social housing projects and they began to build in those places in the center some other kind of mixed-use uh, housing projects. And I don't know, but mostly the people that actually used to live in Cabernet Green, now they live in the periphery of Chicago or they live in the, uh, other cities. So what we saw was that the thing is that the... The poor people living in the periphery because in the periphery it's cheaper to live is something that actually happened all over the world. And uh, demolish social housing projects was something that was happening in in Chile, in Santiago. It also happened in in Chicago and in other cities because the value of the land in the centers of the city is always uh, getting higher. So in the free market thoughts You can't have the poor people living in the center of the city because it goes, you know, it's contradictory to the free market idea.
1: So something that really interests me about you guys' practice is, I think, in general, you're very research oriented, but then you also find interesting ways to present that research to people. And this this is something you did in Chicago, but also in your other practices back in Santiago and your other projects back in Santiago. And... I was wondering how you, where you guys conceive of the place of design or your work as designers compared to your work as urban researchers, essentially, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I just have this like impression, but I think it's some sort of consensus in Toma that we, in every project, at the end we dedicate like, I don't know, like a 20% or 10% of our energy and time to the way things are presented or the forms that things take. Like we discuss it all the time, but the discussions are all like more about the context and the problems and but I don't know. Like at the end comes the problem of the form. Usually like happens a lot to us. And we to be sincere, like we we usually have the sensation that we should dedicate some more time on how things at the end show up. But it is true. Like at the end the, the result is It has a lot of interest. Maybe that's uh, like um, some sort of just a result of this long process of discussion and conversation and disagreement and agreement. And that's something that's, I don't know, like, I think it's very particular about uh, Toma and the way we work.